Welcome to Business Conversations with your host, business strategist, Clive Enever. Clive is joined by expert guests as they talk business behind the scenes to give you the tools and insights to support your growth, security and serenity as you strive for your success. Welcome to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enever. I am Clive Enever, business strategist, and we're having a conversation with Julia Hewitt about how to make more sales more often for more margin. Julia is MBA qualified and has decades of experience working for global companies in sales and sales leadership roles. Julia's work as a sales strategist is renowned for teaching businesses how to convert more clients more often and for more margin. Hello, Julia, and welcome. Thanks, Clive. I'm happy to be here with you today. Thank you for the opportunity. Absolute pleasure to have you because, golly, who out there in business doesn't want to make more sales more often for more margin? Do you know of anybody? I do not, Clive. This is why this is a thing. (laughs) It sounds absolutely wonderful. But first, we want to know about Julia. Who is Julia? Where have we found you, Julia? I'm in Perth, Clive, West Australia. Fabulous place to live. It is. I spent a bit of time there myself, well, a couple of decades ago now, but golly, it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) It is a great place, that's for sure. And who are we there with? I've got a uh, a husband who's an absolute champion and I've got uh, two kids. I've got a six-year-old and a five-year-old, a boy and a girl. And I've got a super cool dog called Jackson the Wonder Dog. That's his actual name. But we just call him um, Jackson for short. We don't want to embarrass him in front of his friends at the park. But, yes, Jackson the Wonder Dog is the boy called Border Collie. (laughs) (laughs) And they're sort of pretty, well, physical sort of a dog, a a collie. They like to run and race and they usually have a big smile on their face, don't they? Yeah, he's a happy dog. He's so good. Yeah, he's, he's great. Good company. My husband's away a lot. So my husband, uh, he's a geologist and he works in the mines here in, in Perth, which is a massive part of our economy. And he's away every second week for a whole week. So the dog is the one who doesn't scream at me, doesn't disobey me. He's super well behaved, does what he's told. He's great. <laughs> kids, and on the other hand, kids are great. Kids are great too. But, you know, they're five and six. So <laughs> not quite as well behaved as the dog. <laughs> There you go. That's excellent. But now we take it from the subject matter here that you might know a little bit about sales. So do we find out that you got into sales a long time ago, just the other day? How long does it take to work out sales? When did you start? Well, I started when I was about 19, Clive, hardcore sales. So selling kitchen knives, direct sales, multi-level marketing, all the bad stuff that you read about, that's what I did. I didn't know any different. I made plenty of money from it as a salesperson, but that was my first introduction to sales. But I didn't really understand it back then. I was just doing it. And uh, by nature, I'm really great at following instructions. So if someone tells me this is the way to do something, I say, okay, well, that's the way I'll do it. And I don't think I can beat the system. I like to know what the system is and I'll stick to it. So I stuck to the formula. And I was making some good money as a 19-year-old, as a salesperson. So that's, but that's where I started. It was pretty hardcore, but I didn't understand it. Now I get it. <laughs> well, I'd like to hope I get it after all this time, but yes, now I do get it. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of times you've mentioned that you didn't understand it. Isn't sales a matter of, well, I can't do anything else, so sales will do? Not so much, Clive. 
I mean, it, it depends on, you know, like any career. And, you know, when I was 19, I had no idea what I wanted to do. That's everything. When you're 19, everything seems like a good idea at the time. Even in my mid-20s, everything seemed like a good idea at the time. So it wasn't until I probably got into my late 20s that I really started to believe, no, I've got something here. This is actually a science, a part of the communication, uh, the science of communication. This is a language I can actually start to speak really fluently. And even now I joke that I, I can speak negotiation sales better than I speak English. So I really get it. This is not just the company I run, but it's also my hobby and it's my greatest area of interest. You mentioned something very dear to my heart there, negotiation and sales in the one sentence. How do they fit together? Well, it's interesting. Um, I shared a story with you before, Clive, and if I can, I can share it again. So a few years back, I, so I've rebranded in the last few months. That was epic in itself, in itself, but I used to be branded the negotiator. And it used to get the response of people going, oh, that's cool. But where would I use that? How would I, I don't negotiate. And that was the response of people in Australia. They were responding that way to me saying, oh, that's really cool. That sounds amazing. But where would I actually, why would I hire you? And I was getting, I was getting some business out of it, but not um, people were thinking it was just cool rather than useful. So what I've done when I've rebranded, I'm st- I still have a part in my business that's branded the negotiator, but I've now monetized it in a way, negotiation skills in a way that businesses can convert more clients more often for more margin through learning how to negotiate and through learning a sales process. So they are very much linked, but to break it down even by definition, selling is simply an exchange of goods or services for money or currency. And the definition of negotiating is a discussion aimed at reaching agreement. Sales is more transactional and negotiating is just more tactical and strategic, but they are very much good friends. So as I often try and explain to people, it's the strategy that actually allows things to work. If you have the right strategy, you can apply it in virtually any circumstance. Is that how your world operates? Pretty much, Clive. And what we tend to do is, especially when we're in business and we're, we're looking for clients or we're looking for more business, we tend to do some uh, maybe some marketing. And then I know that we're not recording the visual on this, but you'll see this. This is what we tend to do. <laughs> we just cross our fingers and hope. And uh, hope is a very bad business strategy. So... <laughs> So what we do is we want to try and be more purposeful in what we do because then it allows us to forecast our business and actually make proper money. So it does take the hope out of it, but strategy is necessary, especially from a sales perspective. And we're jumping around a little bit here, but we'll pull it all together at the end, I'm sure. You you mentioned marketing in there and you mentioned hope almost in the same (laughs) sentence. (laughs) What is it about businesses that often want to focus more on marketing than they do on sales. Oh, Clive, sales is the dirty cousin. No one wants to be in sales. That's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> and this, is, this comes from, you know, the 1980s, right? But the story I normally give is that most people, for the most part, get into business for one of two reasons. They either have a passion and or they have a talent, whether you're a lawyer, a consultant, an engineer, a tech company, Everyone gets into business because they have a passion or a talent. But that passion or a talent is not worth anything unless you can get someone to pay for it. So if you're an engineer or a lawyer or an architect or a a marketer or an HR consultancy, you don't get to do your passion or your talent if you can't get someone to pay for it. That's the job of sales. 
But what's really interesting about, you know, why, um, you know, and I make the joke about sales is disgusting and no one wants to be in sales. Marketing is the glamorous part. Ooh, look at my nice website, Clive. Ooh, look at all these social media ads I've got. Ooh, look at this billboard that I'm on. Look at these ads I've got out there. People can see it. It makes them feel good. They can show it to people. So it's an esteem booster, but often it's not done properly. If marketing is done properly and it reaches your target market, it should bring you in leads. So I talk about a ratio in marketing. So marketing is, in terms of, I guess, messaging, it's a one-to-many ratio. One message, ideally, to your target market, to many, right? That's your target market. If marketing is done correct and done well, it should bring you in leads. Here's where we cross over to sales now. The ratio of sales is one-to-one. It's the interpersonal skills. It's the negotiation skills that you need to convert that lead into becoming a paying customer. But you can't see it. So it's not impressive if I say I'm in a business circle and I say, wow, who wants to see my fabulous sales process? You're not winning friends for that. But if everyone says, wow, look at my new website, everyone whips out their phone. Wow, that looks great. It looks really good. So, but the interesting thing is marketing's job isn't to make you the money. It's to bring the leads in and bring the interest and get the brand awareness. It's necessary, no question. Sales's job is to make the money. That's the part that people say, oh, you should see my bank account. That's the impressive part, but no one does that, right? (laughs) (laughs) Indeed. So (laughs) now we've actually done some good marketing and we've, we've found ourselves a couple of leads. Mm-hmm. And it's now time for us to go out there and put our salesman's hat on and do the business. That is, introduce them to us in a way that they're keen to give us money in exchange for whatever it is that we're providing. Can we just do that ad hoc or is there something more special about sales that it doesn't just happen? Most businesses I cross paths with, Clive, they are doing sales by accident. And I talk about a phrase all the time. I say, if you wing it, you won't win it. And sales can, you know, if you're getting leads brought in and let's say your average sale, and I've got clients of mine whose average sale is $5 million, $6 million, down to a couple of thousand dollars. So that, that's what I would call a pretty high stakes conversation, right? So if you've only got, I'm going to say two leads, 20 leads, whatever it is, but you stand to win or lose $5 million each time in those conversations, why are we just making it up as we go? So I use a tennis analogy a lot. And for those that have followed my work, this is the analogy that I talk about the most often in that if you were a Wimbledon, if you were a tennis player and you step onto the court at Wimbledon and you stepped onto the court, and this is a serious game and Serena Williams is opposite you, but you step on the court and you've got flippers, you're wearing a a tutu and you've got a snorkel on and you've got a hockey stick. Now, apart from being hilarious, would you win? No, you won't win. You would only win if you step onto the court with the right tools and equipment and you're adequately skilled and warmed up. So why do we step into a sales conversation with the wrong equipment and the wrong tools? And this is uh, back to your point of, can we, can we just make it up? Sure, if you want to lose, make up, knock yourself out. But there is a way that you can have purposeful conversations. So when I'm selling, I don't say anything by accident. I'm bringing the the right tools and the right techniques to help me try and help someone solve a problem through whatever services I can offer. Now, a lot of people would suggest, Julia, that if you're not saying things by accident, you must be working to a script. And I've heard many times, because I 
I too teach people how to sell. Yes. I've heard many times that you all oh, scripts, scripts, horrible, horrible, horrible. What's the story about how you put together a sales presentation in a way that allows you to not do things by accident? The best way to sell is when people can buy from, is when people buy from you so that you don't have to do the hard sell. No one likes that. So while we put ourselves in an opportunity uh, in a situation where we have to do a hard sell, that's not great for you or the or your opponent, right? Or your, or your prospect. So to answer your question about scripts, I ask people when this comes up, and this is one of the one of the frequently asked questions that I probably would get hit with. And I say, have you ever watched a movie? Think about your favorite movie. What did you like about it? Did it make you laugh? Did it make you cry? Did it make you angry? Did it make you, you know, raging? Did it make you full, did it fill your fill your tank? Do you think those actors were just making it up? Like, do you think that the producers went, right, Clive, you'll do, Julia, you'll do, Jason, you'll do, and Brad, you'll do. Just get on the stage and we kind of want to tell this story. No one makes it up. The reason we can all feel emotion and are moved to do better in our lives is because someone has showed us the way. So in a movie, right, you watch the script. These are heavily scripted people. But no one says, that's outrageous. I'm not going to make my life better now because I've just watched someone with a, that's read a script. We want to do better with our lives because we're inspired by somebody who has a carefully crafted way of communicating a message that resonates with our soul. So a sales conversation, I want to put it on the table, Clive. This is not about manipulating. This is not about tricking. There's no trickery in this, but it is about being deliberate. And the most deliberate way we can be in a sales conversation is to make our conversation less about us and more about someone else. And I have to concur, Julia, in real sales, there is no trickery. I remember being told when I was introduced to sales quite a while ago that a clever salesperson could sell anything to anybody. And I don't know whether that's true or not. But what I did learn was that if you sell something to somebody who doesn't actually want the something that you sold it to them, it's not really good for business. That's <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. So you're in the business of having conversations with people and finding an outcome that uh, satisfies their need. Is that what you're doing? All I'm simply doing is I'm so me, so I'm actively in the arena, which means I am actively selling as well. And I'm also aware of the irony that I sell sales. That's weird for lots of people. I get it. <laughs> However, whether you're selling consulting services, tech, financial services, whatever you're selling, it's just about helping someone solve a problem, right? So I always say, so let's assume I was the, so if, if my, my business and what I do, I help other businesses to convert more clients more often for more margin. Let's just assume for a moment, I'm in front of a prospect who is qualified, who is not making enough sales, or they're discounting all the time, or they're not converting, right? They've got a problem. If I, hypothetically, if I was the most pushy, um, offensive, uh, 1980s style salesperson that's ever walked the earth, and I was selling to you, Clive, and you said to me, Julia, you're just so pushy, or you're just so arrogant, or, or you're, you're making me buy from you, assuming I was pushy and all that sort of stuff, doesn't change the fact you've still got a problem that needs solving. Doesn't change it. You still have a problem that needs solving. So it's actually not about me. It's about you. Whether you work with me or not, no skin off my back. And I'm not pushy. I'm not any of that stuff. And I don't advocate for any of that. But I'm just trying to draw an extreme here that 
people have this fear of maybe I'll be pushy or maybe I'll be seen as arrogant or, or, or tricking or manipulating people. Well, whether you are or you aren't doesn't actually matter. I'm not advocating for that, but Clive still has a problem that needs solving. He's not making enough business. So it actually doesn't matter. In the end, it's all about resolving the issue, solving the problem, providing the solution. And in your case, you're you're off to a good start as, as soon as you mention that you help people make more sales more often for more margin. I can't think of a business that doesn't want that, but maybe there's one out there. And, you know, they can send me a message and say, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> and I should be very keen to have a conversation about why they think that way. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> When you are helping people understand how to make sales and to make them more often uh, and for more margin, and we know that we're not going to wing it because if we wing it, we're going to lose the G and it's not going to work. <laughs> so how can you help people understand how to put together their sales process in a way that's simple and yet allows them to be themselves and come out with the right result? Yeah, this would be another one of the uh, the questions, the frequently asked questions I, I come up against, Clive, around personality. How do, do I have to overhaul who I am? Do I have to be an extrovert to sell? I often talk about this topic because it's, it's, it's really important to people to know who do I need to be to, to sell? And I say, well, you just need to be you. And given that you're, let's say, 35, 42, 68, you've probably been doing that for a while, being you. So let's just stick with that because that probably works for you. So there's no point making you me because that won't work. You need 42 years of that to be me. That's how old I am. So what works best has been you. And I, I you know, it's a topic for another day, but I, I do also say that being, introvert, being an introvert can be a superpower when it comes to selling and negotiating. So it is about having a process and not, and not doing sales by accident. Because yes, if you wing it, you won't win it. But it is about making your conversation less about you and more about someone else. Your customer or your prospect is the hero, not you. There'll come a time for you to be the hero. It's just not now. So there is definitely a process that can be followed. And this is, I think, also why sales often is really misunderstood, Clive, um, including me when I started. As I said, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't get it. But, you know, when we were talking earlier, I said, from the outside looking in, I look like I'm a sales trainer. And much like any industry... There's lots of sales trainers around, some great, some not great, no different to any other industry. The sales trainer, even the best ones, is the same as putting a Band-Aid on a severed limb. It won't stop the bleeding. Where I've seen a gap in the market a few years back is that, well, there's lots of Band-Aid putters on us around, but companies are still looking for a solution. So it kind of stopped the bleeding. So I've got this end-to-end process, which is a sales process that is eight steps based on world's best practice that I pick up and put into smaller businesses. So it's world's best practice available at a local level that shows a business how to be deliberate with sales. But it is a learnt skill. It's not something that you can just happen across. This is a learnt skill and any business can learn it. You know, I'm working with a whole range of industries, whole range from just, it's, it's so broad and it's just fascinating that very early on, it's not unusual for someone to say, oh, Julia, I know you have this process, but we're really, really different. So like, will it work for us? And I always ask, because I'm a life learner. So tell me how you're different. What makes you feel that, that something won't work for you? So I ask the questions and they say, okay, fine. And they start to work with me. And then a couple of sessions in, they go, so you know how we think we thought we were really different? We're not different, are we? And I go, no, nah, you're not different. 
you know, do the same. Because whether you're in B to B or B to C, it doesn't matter. We're all in H to H, which is human to human. So if you can connect with somebody and help them solve a problem and they can see that your solution is clear for their problem, then why would they not buy from you? Precisely. Absolutely. It's all about talking to a person. And as I try and suggest to people all the time, a business, this big, horrible, scary business that you might be a little bit afraid to approach has within it one thing that every business has, and that is a human. And all you have to do is meet with the human, (laughs) talk to the human. Talk human. Talk human. That's all you need to do. Talk human. Exactly. We can all. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about strategy, isn't it? We can all put a strategy to our business to have it work better. Isn't it amazing that we need a strategy to have a conversation with a human? It's very ironic, isn't it? And people make it really complicated. Do I, And, you know, I get asked about personality types, introvert or extrovert. The other thing I get asked about is, should I be doing all the personality profiling on my prospects? And I've said, that stuff's helpful but it won't help you make more sales because they're still a human. Just talk to people. Just talk to people. And on that, you know, I'll slip in as a side point. Don't email people. Don't email them. Pick up the phone and talk to them. It's amazing what having a conversation with people does, isn't it, Julia? It's amazing. (laughs) So easy to misinterpret something that's written or even in a few characters (laughs) rather than actually written but uh, conversations allow for give and take don't they yes absolutely (laughs) so as we come towards the end of our time julia because i'm sure you and i could talk about this for two or three days but we're not allowed (laughs) that would be interesting to probably you and i only clive (laughs) (laughs) it could be (laughs) what is the best tip you have received from a business conversation One of the best tips that I've taken with me in my adult life wasn't actually a business conversation, but um, every time I share this tip with people, it resonates. And someone shared it to me a really long time ago. And it was when you go somewhere new, whether it's whether you start a new job, you join a networking group, you join a business group, you're studying, whatever it is, whenever you're in a new group, if you know no one, find two people, get yourself a smart friend and get a fun friend. Because a smart friend, you'll, you'll be able to help you out if you're struggling with content or if you know something you need some help with something smart friend will help out get yourself a fun friend so have a good time doing it however you can't tell the two friends about this principle and you can't tell them which one they are because then the smart friend goes well hang on a minute i'm not fun and then the fun friend goes what well I, i can be smart so you can't tell them which it is but this has served me for probably a good two decades whenever i go somewhere new and i'm in a new group I'm always on the lookout who could be my smart friend and who could be my fun friend. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) What is the top piece of advice you would like to leave listeners with today, Julia? This is another something that I carry with me often. And it's, I can't remember, I should know, I I use this phrase enough, I should know who the the, um, original person was that said it, but it's, you cannot be what you cannot see. So I'm on this, you know, what I do for a living, Clive, brings me so much, it's just beyond joy, whatever that would be. And yes, it's the company I run, but it's my hobby and it's my greatest area of interest. I'm a junkie for the information on sales and negotiating. I'm an absolute junkie for it, but it's very misunderstood. So you cannot be what you cannot see. 
So when people can see sales isn't scary, sales is not weird, and they can move to a place of, hey, this is necessary, and it's kind of cool, and wow, it's actually making me tons and tons of money without the, the 1980s style association. So I do love the phrase, you cannot be what you cannot see. And it's highly transferable in lots of areas of our lives, especially, you know, as we're parents to young children, doing the right things, showing others that things are possible. Dash, good advice. Like it a lot. But most importantly, Julia, before I let you go, how can our listeners connect with you to start their own business conversation? Thanks, Clive. I, I literally, I'm in two places. My website, which is juliahewitt.com, E-W-E-R-T-Hewitt.com. And connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm simply, I'm Julia Hewitt, MBA. And uh, if you do connect with me on LinkedIn, send me a hello. Don't just hit the button. Don't just hit connect. Say, hi, Julia. I'm so-and-so. I heard you on Clive's podcast. Say hi. I'd like to know who I'm connected with. But that's two places you'll find me, Clive. There you go. Excellent. And just to repeat, Julia, of course, is Julia. And Hewitt is E-W-E-R-T. So juliahewitt.com or Julia Hewitt MBA out there on LinkedIn. Julia, this has been absolute fun. And yes, you are my newest fun smart friend. (laughs) (laughs) You can't be both, Clive. You can only be one. (laughs) If you had to pick, which would I be? Oh, no, you'd never move from both. (laughs) (laughs) That breaks the rule, right? This this one becomes awkward because you've now told me. (laughs) (laughs) Been absolutely wonderful having you here. Thank you so much. Thanks, Clive. Thanks for listening to another episode of Business Conversations with Clive Enova. Make sure you subscribe to future episodes via your favourite podcast app and you can find more business resources at cliveenova.com.au.